0: Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Okay, today we are in the book of 1 Samuel, 24th chapter. Verses 1 through 21. It's going to be a long read, but bear with me. I'm going to read from the message because it's more in narrative form. So here we go. When Saul came back after dealing with the Philistines, he was told, David is now in the wilderness in En Jedi. Paul took three compan- companies, the best he could find in all Israel, and set out in search of David and his men in the region. Of wild goats goat rocks. He came to some sheep pens along the road. There was a cave there, and Paul went in to relieve and Saul excuse me, went in to relieve himself. David and his men were huddled far back in the same cave. David's men whispered to him, Can you believe it? This is the day God was talking about when he said, I'll put your enemy. Quiet as a cat cat, David crept up and cut off a piece of Saul's royal robe. Immediately he felt guilty. He said to his men, "God forbid that I should have done this to my master, God's anointed, that I should so much as to raise a finger against him. He's God's anointed. David held his men in check with these words, and wouldn't let them pounce on Saul. Saul got up, left the cave and went on down the road. Then David stood at the mouth of the cave and called to Saul. My master, my king. Saul looked back. David fell to his knees and bowed in reverence. He called out, Why do you listen to those who say David is out to get you? This very day with your very own eyes you have seen that just now in the cave God put you in my hands. My men wanted me to kill you, but I wouldn't do it. I told them that I wouldn't lift a finger against my master. He's God's anointed. Oh my father, look at this. Look at this piece that I have cut from your robe. I could have cut you, killed you, but I didn't. Look at the evidence. I'm not against you. I'm no rebel. I haven't sinned against you, and yet you're hunting me down to kill me. Let's decide which of us is in the right. God may avenge me, but it is in his hands, not mine. An old proverb says, Evil deeds come from evil people. So be assured that my head won't touch, my hand won't touch you. What does the king of Israel think he's doing? Who do you think you're chasing? A dead dog? A flea? God is our judge. He'll decide who is right. Oh, that he would look down right now, decide right now, and set me free of you. Then, when David had finished saying all this, Saul said, "'Can this be the voice of my son David?' And he wept in loud sobs. "'You're the one in the right, not me,' he continued. "'You've heaped good on me. "'I've dumped evil on you. "'And now you've done it again, treated me generously. "'God put me in your hands, and you didn't kill me. "'Why? "'When a man meets his enemy, "'does he send him down the road with a blessing?' May God give you, bonus, give you a bonus blessing for what you have done for me today. I know now beyond doubt that you will rule as king. The kingdom of Israel is already in your grasp. Now promise me under God that you will not kill off my family or wipe my name off the books. Isn't that amazing? Looking at David as shepherd over Israel, right? I want us to look at the integrity that David had as a young man. Saul was actively trying to kill him. And the scripture that we just read shows that David had perfect opportunity to strike. And his men saw it. That David, you know, he could have followed their advice. And he could have put an end to his enemy, Saul. King Saul, that is. But he didn't. And the sole reason that he didn't do it was because of his reverence for God. David loved God and acknowledged the calling, I'm using air quotes, or anointing that God had placed on Saul. David wasn't going to go against Saul, even though he had the opportunity. And I know when you read it, you say, God has given me into your hands, but it's just really them saying, I had the opportunity to kill you. Not that God was telling him to do so, <laughs> but he didn't because he still recognized that God had his anointing on Saul. At least David did, which I think is amazing that he still refers, he still looked at King Saul as God's anointing, even though he had already been anointed by Samuel. David had already been anointed with all, yet he still gave reverence and respect to the king who God had anointed prior to him. And to me, this demonstrates the highest honor to God by honoring the calling that we see in others. By honoring that. And I think that's what it boils down to. By this time, Saul was on his way to being unanointed, if that's a word. He was not adhering to the advice of the prophet Samuel, but he was doing his own thing. He had become so jealous of David, you know, that he couldn't see straight. And You know, he may have been going a little senile or just very paranoid, but he didn't recognize himself that God was slowly moving him out of the way. That God's anointing was leaving him, can you think of another person in the Bible where the anointing of God left them and 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 they didn't know it? Samson <laughs> remember Samson, Samson, and Delilah? Samson was a judge for Israel, and we know that judges were um another form of shepherding the whole judges um period in your bible is when there were prophets who were put in charge they just called them judges for some reason but that that's what samson was supposed to have been doing but he married um someone outside of um his tribe outside of israel and then got involved with the prostitute right delilah and then it all it caused god to leave him Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically, you will um, read the term or phrase, you know, that God has left individuals, but we can't equate that with losing one's salvation. In the Old Testament, God's Holy Spirit didn't dwell within men permanently. It wasn't, um, you know, the Holy Spirit coming in upon conversion. There wasn't the whole conversion aspect then, um, being a man or a woman of God. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on individuals for a role or a specific task. And then once that was completed, the Holy Spirit usually was gone. We don't hear about it anymore. So throughout the Old Testament, you will see verses that say, you know, the Spirit came upon him or he was anointed. And when you see someone having oil poured over their heads is an act of anointing, inviting the Holy Spirit. For us today, we know that upon confession of our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit immediately enters us and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and we become the living temples of God. Therefore, I think, you know, Saul had grieved the Holy Spirit so much that he could no longer hear the voice of God and he had surely stopped taking the advice of the prophet Samuel. And so, god essentially stopped talking to him in judges chapter 16 20 it says um the the philistines um this is from um judges right for samuel so you can see the instance where the phrase god has has left them is here and this is delilah talking to samson and she says the philistines are upon you samson and he awoke from sleep and said i will go out as at other times and shake myself free but he did not know that the lord had departed from him he did not know that the lord had departed from him that means he was no longer anointed and saul had sort of lost his anointed too now i'm not sure if if david really knew that god was no longer with saul saul probably not That's why he honored him so. He was waiting for God to to act and definitively show him that Saul was no longer king. And so he continued to honor him. And that's what he did by sparing his life, whether Saul deserved it or not. Now, to you, my dear caregiver, I'm sure some of you are taking care of loved ones whom you may have not had the best relationship with. Or at least you didn't—you um, didn't think you'd find yourself in this situation, taking care of a person that you really didn't get along with very well. But now you find yourself as caregiver. I invite you to study this passage a little more in depthly. If you can, if you can, if you can't honor them for being who they are, then this lesson teaches us, and hopefully you, to learn to honor god enough to honor god that is in them the god that is in them cuz god created all of us in his image whether they have accepted christ or not they're still made in the image of god and that is what you honor when you be when you are being the best caregiver that you can be and by you honoring god that way god will honor you so don't take advantage of a person just because you can, or that it may seem right, or that other people are around you saying that it seems right because they didn't treat you well in the past or what have you. Look to this passage, study this passage, and pray. Today, we've learned that we are to honor God no matter what. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, for this lesson For this lesson that shows that just because we have opportunities to do things at times, it doesn't mean that we should always do them. That we should always look for you in situations. And to see you alive in others, whether they see it or not. But to be truthful to who you've called us to be. To not take advantage of people, to not treat people ill. But to be people of honor and integrity learning to trust you the entire way and allowing you to promote us allowing you to avenge us because you said that you will do it but what we need to do is put our trust and focus on you and so help us to stay help the caregivers father who you have put in positions to care for people who were unkind to them who treated them bad who may still be verbally abusive to them i ask father that you um not only give them a second portion of grace, but that you start working in the heart of that loved one to not be so belittling, to not be abusive, but strengthen the caregiver if you have truly called them to be that person's caregiver. Because taking on abuse is not of you. And so I ask that you continue to speak to their hearts and give them direction in how they should go but teach us all, Father, how to honor you and others. Help us all to be kinder. Help us to walk into that fruit of the spirit of kindness with one another and to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, my caregiving community, I will see you tomorrow. Go minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.